Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and director of community relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And this is the Be Inspired podcast. My guests and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us, you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain a new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. Hello, Be Inspired audience. We're here today with my very, very dear friend, my elder daughter, and the, a fine artist, the finest artist I know, and gallery director for Studio B, Susan Bebeck. One would think that Sue and I would have done this podcast months ago, okay? But uh, it's difficult to catch her. But I caught her today, and she's here talking with us here at Studio B for the Be Inspired podcast. Welcome, Sue. Thank you. Mom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yes, we enjoy a really special relationship, and uh, I would like to share with you some of the things perhaps that um, nobody knows who's connected with the, with the gallery, and that is particularly how this place got started. Would you like to share the story, Sue? So the long story is, <laughs> <clears throat> there was another artist at Gaga Works who was from Boyertown, uh, Goggle Works is where I had my studio at the time, at that point for three years. And uh, the two of us got to talking about arts in Boyertown, and I said to her, well, my real dream is to eventually, you know, ride my bike down the hill and go to a gallery in Boyertown. And uh, so she and I got talking, and we, at the time, Boyertown was suffering from the super Walmart that had moved in. And uh, a lot of small shops were closed. There was vacancy everywhere. And so we went around and looked at lots of pl places. And um, we talked to a lot of people. And you were one of the people in the building we had at Boyertown and other artists who we thought might want to be part of the thing to pay for the rent. And <clears throat> of course, I felt like I didn't want to sit another studio because I was already at Cog Works sitting in the studio. But I thought if we made it into a community gallery, uh -huh. that we could run it that way. Yep. And, and in the meantime, um, my friend who started the thing with me decided that I should pay for it, and if it worked out, she would pay me back. <laughs> so um, in the meantime, I said I wasn't going to do that, but another person from the community heard about it and said to me, you know, don't pay for it with your own money. We'll get you a grant. And he ran the first probably ball rolling and made it happen and spoke to the Building Better Boyer Town president at the time, who then also got on board. And then in the meantime, <clears throat> she and I still together started this gallery, but not even the first month. She said right. it was too much work. And not mm, at three hours after I heard about that, you walked in the door <laughs> and I thought, mm, Yes. <laughs> and, no, and I knew right away I was going to say to you, even before she left, 
this should be the home for your Arts and Activities Alliance, which yep. was what you had already started about yes. two years before. Yep. Yep. So, and that's how I knew you from that. Yep. So. Yep. 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 Yeah. It was so much. I felt so bad, but understood that uh, your friend had what um, a kindergartner and a senior and was oh, no, back no teaching to her full time. It, it is hard work. Yep. Oh my god! And I thought we already had the grant money, and uh, Charles Haddad, who's our patri- patriarch, okay, had really been behind the project, and I couldn't let him down either. Mm-hmm. So I, this is my memory. Yep. I recall saying to you, okay, I will work with you here. I will do whatever needs to be done until you find somebody else. Yeah. It's 13 years later, yeah. but I just love it. It gives me a chance to be creative. It gives me a chance to be social. And of course, our friendship has developed into something really special. I don't want to do it if you don't want to do it. <laughs> same, same, same. But tell me, Sue, what is it about having your own gallery? How is that uh, satisfying for you? Um... Well, you know, my goal when I got thinking about having a gallery was um, I I noticed a lot of artists don't know how to promote themselves. And I noticed this mostly in myself. I don't like to talk about myself, my own art. And I feel like if you don't see it, then why can't you see it? Don't buy it. But anyway, (laughs) but then eventually, you know, I realized that all artists needed help Mm -hmm. in my previous life. Before, uh, you know, I had my daughter and really was working hard back then. I was a graphic artist, graphic designer, and I did all this promotional work. And I still, to this day, have the infection of needing to play with the Macintosh computer and whatever software comes out available. But that was what led me to think, I can do this. I can help other artists promote themselves and, you know, get their work up. And if we have it as a community gallery and the community has some ownership in this space, then they will be here for the part that I don't want to be, which was after we close from the opening and until we get here for the next (laughs) show, which is the sitting at the gallery, which is the hard part, I think, because you're just waiting. And I'm really bad at waiting. Right. Patient. So. Right. Right. So has this interfered with your artistic life? It has and hasn't. Like there are days when I feel like I don't have control of my own life and, you know, other things in life would maybe got that happening. But then, you know, you're like, what can I get rid of? And then some days I want to do that. But honestly, um, I feel like, you know, everybody thinks all the famous actors know each other and all the musicians know each other, but really the artists all know each other. We mm-hmm. actually do, but they don't, but we actually all know each other and we follow each other and we, mm-hmm. they're our real family and the people who we are kinship with and that we understand. Yep. And so having this place and the Gog Works as my two places I see family mm-hmm. is a wonderful thing. And I watch you as the artists come in to bring their work during our intake days, and I watch you during openings, and you are having such a good time watching your friends, watching your families shine during these openings and so forth. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. Right, because you know how they feel. Yeah. You know, there's something about when you create a piece of art, which, I mean, let's face it, it's not going to save a life. Mm -hmm. It's like a diamond, you know. It's... Mm -hmm invaluable and yet 
useless to some degree in some ways, but, but brings joy. And if something is bringing joy, then, then that's good. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about art. And so, uh, I'd like to think that we need to cut, we need to cut. I don't know what that was. <laughs> so we're back again. We had a little interruption there, but we're back again. I want to move on to a different topic. Uh, where do you come up with these themes for our shows? Because folks seem to follow the themes that you invent in other galleries around the area. So it's where do the ideas weird. come from? Weird. Um, well, sometimes it's stuff that I want to create. Sometimes, which, you know, you have to start the heartbeats for itself first. But a lot of times it's political issues that I would like everyone to pay attention to. Okay. Or, <clears throat> like still roaring, you know, when when mm -hmm. I started thinking about having that show and how it would curate it and who would be in it, that was at least two years ago that I started thinking about that mm -hmm. because I was like looking at, or listening to NPR one day and I realized that, you know, it was going to be a hundred years of the end of suffrage and that the women had the right to vote. And here we are in this weird ass time of this weird ass president <laughs> and... Oh my gosh, we have to do something at the gallery. And if you remember when we first opened, we were in the crash. Yes. And I wanted to have a speakeasy because yes. it's all about the party. But <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, here we can have the speakeasy idea. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was great because there were only, um, whatever, 12 of us in right. somewhat middle-aged women in flapper dresses. <laughs> but <laughs> we loved it. We had a great time. You had a great time. I did. It I was really, great. It was, it a was spectacular great. night. And it, that's, that's how I come up with the idea. So, like, what's it going to be? What's, and also, I like to make the prospectus broad. Yeah. Because we don't always create. Artists sometimes are, like, every day. And, you know, that's my New Year's resolution right now to make a painting a day. But, you know, life gets in the way so easily. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're a woman, I think. Because we, we carry a heavier load right now. We're... Yeah, 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 and taken yep. care of, and whatever. Yep. But <clears throat> so that is the thing is you know it's something that you might be able to pull out of your portfolio, right? So I like to make it broad and easy for everyone to understand, and you like to make it easy for people to participate. Yes, yeah, I do because I don't really believe that there is such a thing as someone who is pretending to be an artist. If you've created a painting, you're an artist. That's mm -hmm. how it is. No one can take it away from you. It's like yep. a degree. If you've made a painting, you've made a work of art. doesn't matter if only you like it. One person does. Yeah. So art is now, art. That leads me into a question I hadn't even thought about asking. Do you create work to sell? Or do you create work to create work? So I think when I was younger, I was making things that people thought would sell. Mm-hmm very much younger you know when my first job was I worked at Hershey Park as um, um, what we called a people painter and we did little tattoos on people's mm -hmm. skin with acrylic paint and it blossomed over there they probably have five stations now I don't know but anyway so people would pay a dollar fifty and you would sit down and you know draw whatever anyone asked for mm -hmm. on on their thing so is that fine art hell no but it's art mm-hmm so as I got more and more on, and I come from very much um, financially driven people. That's a <laughs> lovely thing to say. My dad would say, <laughs> you know, 
I like the way you paint that picture. <laughs> yes, picture, he would say. And, um, you know, you could sell that at my club. It would mm-hmm. be like, you know, right. something right. like that. And that was how he would get it. And I've, I've done art, painting art for money for a long time. It's not a... It's not something where you... And I've noticed that with yep. artists. I mean, it's really yeah. difficult. People will come to me and say, hey, I want, a, I want a painting of this, that, and the other thing. Can you find me an artist? And it's really difficult mm-hmm. to find artists who are willing, right. or wanting, I should say, right. who are wanting. It's not fulfilling. It's not fulfilling. It's... Because really, I mean, who wants to write a book for someone else? Right. You want to write a book about what you want to express. And I don't want to paint what your idea is. I want to paint my expression. <laughs> so that is, and it took me until I was a powerful woman to well, do well, that. And when did that happen? When did you when become a, daughter. a powerful when woman a when you had a daughter? Tell me about, can you, can you articulate that? I think so. Um, <clears throat> so I was working in graphics up till then and even after that because there were still clients. But, you know, I didn't want to do graphics for a living. And I was doing art for money at that point and I was doing great and back then like I could do much better but now everybody's 12 year old can do what I used to do so right uh, you know the, the right the, the mechanicals of right. it were not understood and I had both the mechanicals and the ability so right. I was able to take make some money but now you know uh at some point um after I had my daughter I decided I really just I really want to be a painter and just be painting for expression mm-hmm. I thought I'm still gonna have to do it after five o'clock and on the weekends right but even when I was working in graphics I mean I would work 60 hours a week and then you know yeah. I would stare at the television yeah from Friday night till Sunday right. night and, right you know right go back to the screen yeah. on Monday morning so yeah. it's very difficult to pull any expression out of yourself at that time and right. anyone with a full-time job can say that but I think that at some point, my husband, who is my biggest supporter and hugest fan, realized that I needed some, a little more time to do that. And I went back to school and changed my original major from design to fine art mm-hmm. at Kutztown and mm-hmm. uh, went over there and fell back in with my regular family mm-hmm. and found my other artists and, yep. My, yep. And, and I started waking up. And, Excellent. Yeah. So that's, that's when I started to find... At least my medium, and I didn't have a voice yet, but I definitely knew I was on the right path. Okay, so you found your medium, and yet what I see in you is so much multimedia. You, and you've described yourself as an art supplies junkie. Because I am. Yeah, and so what? It, do you identify a particular medium? I I say painter, because. In the art world, even pastels are paint. Okay. Even ink is paint. Okay. And so I say painter, but um, yeah, I do love ink. I love pastels and um, anything new that comes along. I just recently spent <laughs> a small fortune on acrylic markers, which are really freaking awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, things like that. Anytime a new art supply comes along the horizon, and my, one of my dearest friends gave me her own handmade watercolors for Christmas. And so I was excited to have that because, you know, how she's grinding her pigments is totally different than the things I'm buying. Oh, God, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds fascinating, and I'm glad you are inspired by it. Now, talk to me a little bit about the content of your work. 
I mean, that too is so diverse. Uh, I mean, I met you and you were painting food and you were painting orchards and you were... Talk to me about your content. Where does that come from? Right. So I actually don't think any one artist owns any content, even though some artists will latch on to something they did really well with and just paint it over and over again. It's great and can succeed with that. But I was listening to a designer speak once back when I was doing graphics and the designer person was talking about it was an interior designer and she said when I don't know what to do I look at food really and food comes from nature and I look at nature and nature is from the earth and I look at the earth and I back up there so you know if you want to paint landscapes you know can go broad and say earth but what happened was I stopped at food and I started painting food, <laughs> literally, which is sad. But anyway, I got very literal about it. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this until I'm exhausted with it. And when I showed up at Goggleworks, I just had that. I had my previous series, which was called Being Fruitful. Uh-huh. And I had those all up. And, and they sold like crazy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, people want this crap. What the heck? Uh-huh. And I didn't – it was it was nice paintings and stuff. They were technically good. But I was really just fulfilling this assignment that I let someone give me. And I didn't really know why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I latched on to a specific genre within the food. And I've also been a foodie forever. I've, mm-hmm. I collect cookbooks. You're so. a great cook. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of artists are. But <clears throat> anyway, so basically, uh, now I am more into the form. The nice thing about food is it's an organic form. So you can paint it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. But... Yeah. It's there, you know, yeah. and you can use it to do what most abstract paintings that are really great do is they present you with form and color without an objective or a subject. So okay. they're still beautiful, but, you know, people are attracted to abstract paintings and they don't know why, but it's because the form and the color are there. Let's talk about that for a moment. In that, it's... And you and I have talked about this before. Like, I like to talk to an artist about their work and what it's about and what their intention is and what... And yet artists are very, very loath to talk about their art. Can you talk about that hesitance? Yeah. Why is that? So one of the things is that when you buy a piece of work... Mm -hmm. Or no, let's stop back from the buy. It's not about the buying of the work. When you fall in love with a piece of work. There you go. Often, it's because you can read it. Now, if you can't read the work, if you look at it and you don't understand it and it's a foreign language to you, it's because you don't understand the artist. The artist provides the language. And how do you know the artist? You learn about their life and who they are and what they're about. So we come back to, you buy the artist. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. You buy the artist. So if you buy the artist... You understand their language. You can look at the painting. And it doesn't matter what it's and of. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's of. Yeah. But you're hearing what they're saying. That's a really fascinating way to look at it. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Now, I want to go into, you know, one of the things I've admired about you, and many people have admired about you, is your ability to curate a show and to hang a show, and um, it's kind—it's—it's of, it's a special gift 
I don't. Can you talk about that myself? But um, you know, because I worked in graphics for so long, and by the way, I started before the Macintosh. <laughs> back in the day, back in the dark ages. Yeah, Eighty-four. I was a paste-up artist at the Middletown Press and Journal. Everyone was still coming down from TMI, and uh, I mean, Three Mile Island. Not too much information, but um, essentially, um, you know, I would build these little, you know, ads with space, and I was really capable of going. Okay, this has to be this, has to be that, and make it work, and all that stuff. And so, and also, my mom was kind of an interior decorator, so she was able to do that with a room. And, you know, I had my own opinions then, too, as daughters and mothers often have their separate opinions. But I could see things that way. And I think I also have some weird ability to measure things with my eyes. Like, I can look at something and say, that's 36 inches, and I'm almost always right. Or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So I think what happened was, if you bring in a bunch of paintings, I'm able to spread them around and go, and it just goes okay this is how it has to flow and then I like color to be the flowing mm-hmm. point but not always sometimes I'll yeah. make the theme the flowing point or yeah. like yeah. You know, the idea that yeah it's so fascinating to watch you put a show together either by theme or by color and then to come in when it's all hung and recognize the artistry of hanging the show thank you yeah you're pretty clever. Thank you. Yeah, you're pretty clever in a variety of things. And another thing I admired about you, you had described to me once that somebody called you MacGyver. What the heck does that mean? I like to figure crap out. Like, <laughs> I like to figure out how things yeah. work yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, like you spent some hours the other day, Sue time you called it, with your printer. Yes, you will take whatever project it happens to be, whether it's in hanging a show and figuring out how to how to present these hundred of paintings on in this little gallery that we have, and figure out. It's just amazing to watch you figure out how to make things work. Well, sometimes I have to force myself into the <laughs> mentality of Sue time. Okay, you know, um, like with the printer example, um, that printer is like thirty years old. But it's a gem, and it got a malware. And so, of course, I had to figure out how to get that off of it, and I didn't even know I could get into its system yep. and all that. But you know, I needed to literally dedicate myself to it. And the phone could ring, whatever. The dog could have to pee, whatever. I had to just focus. Yeah. If I can do that, which is really hard for me to get there, really hard. <laughs> I can figure things out, and I do like to feel the reward of, oh my gosh, I did that. <laughs> okay. So, and I always tell you about it because you make me feel better about it. There I know, but it is really, really inspiring for somebody who probably has um, relative relative to you singular foci. So, I mean, I can do a variety of different things, but to watch you do so many different things so well, it's just sadly a jack of all trades. But I say, <laughs> a as, master of many. As a jealous artist, when I say. When I see an artist who's able to focus on just their thing and produce a body of work yep. that is just yep. amazing, I 
go yep. back and start to self-loathe all my yep, capabilities. Yep, 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 but yep. I'm saying, like, there is that. But then I think I might get bored if I just focus on the one thing. But I don't know. You know <laughs> I think we all have our thing. You're amazing. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the future. Okay. Do you want to talk about what the uh, what uh, Studio B has in mind for the next year? Well, we do have the New World exhibit, and it's called... New new day no what do we call it brand new, <laughs> new, brand new day whole new world yes. something like yes. that yes so um, you know I'm I'm trying to wake up from the lull of COVID that we've been in mm-hmm. and help everyone else do it too because in the beginning of COVID I really had a hard time creating work and I really had a hard time coming up with you know I was stuck in the house with people who I love dearly but like don't want to live with for every twenty four seven hours a day yep. yeah. And um, so, you know, all of us were getting sick of each other, and it was just really difficult to do fine art, which is more expressive than craft or whatever. So what I did was I renovated the bathrooms, and I, like, you know, threw things out and went to Goodwill a lot and all that sort of stuff. And then finally, when I got to a place where I wanted to create work, I went and got another studio back at Coggle Works because I needed to be You needed to be with your family. Yes, and be in a space. Yeah, 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 and need to have a, as Virginia Woolf calls it, a room of your own. Exactly, love yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I come here. Yes, to exactly. Studio B. Exactly. You know when I just need to be, Jane. Yes. This yeah. Is your and nobody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's a really good thing. Okay, so um, maybe you have some thoughts about this, and maybe you haven't. But do you, where do you see yourself in five years? I hate that question. I think it's rude. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. It's my favorite to ask. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know other people who ask that question too. And um, I, you know, five years is a long time away in this life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see myself at sixty because I'm fifty-five. That's where I see myself. Okay. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. So here we are with. Susan B. Beck, okay. my very, very dear friend and a, an extraordinary, extraordinary artist and gallery director and all sorts of, and, and, and interior decorator and That's baker so cool. and cook. And I am always in awe of all the many things you do, and I am so Same. happy we are friends. Same. Thank you so Agreed much for completely. joining us Love you. in the... Be Inspired podcast, and I know you have many places to go and things to do, so we'll let you go. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Feel all the same to you. Take care. Bye now. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired podcast. If you enjoyed the Be Inspired podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl, at studiobbb.org or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode. 
and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.